Hey, if we've never met before, my name is Scott, uh, one of the pastors here, and we're all glad that you're here. Uh, how many know the, um, the similarity that exists between snowflakes and stones? Well, first of all, let's do this. Who has ever seen a snowflake? Yeah. I got, I got a call from a pastor in Toronto this morning, and he said, tell your people they are living in paradise because it is freezing up here. They live in temperatures that we freeze our food in. Hey, here, maybe you've heard this. Every snowflake that's ever fallen from the sky is absolutely unique. Everyone is absolutely unique, just like the fingerprints on your hand, and every stone on the planet is absolutely unique, just like a snowflake is, just like you are. The song that the uh, worship team was just singing, Hallelujah Here Below, begins with these words. Maybe you caught them. We are an altar of broken stones. The authors were inspired by a portion of scripture in Exodus chapter 20, very famous chapter. If you ever look for the Ten Commandments, it's in Exodus 20. And then in that chapter, God makes an invitation to meet with people at an altar. An altar is a place of meeting with God. And let me tell you, if you genuinely meet with God, you will be altered. You'll be changed. And he says, when you build an altar of earth and you come with your, your sacrifices, your burnt offerings, your peace offerings, your sheep, your, your oxen offerings, in every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come and bless you. This is the heart of God. How many would like a Christmas blessing today? He says, okay, so let's remember his name. Let's determine that we want to meet with him. And he says in the next verse, when you make this altar, this place of meeting with me, you, and you get those stones, I don't want you, watch an old-fashioned word, I don't want you to build it of hewn. There's a word you don't use very often, hewn. Stones, that's cut stones. I don't want you to cut the stones. I don't want you to make them any different than you find them in their natural state. Now we all play this game. We all project an image that's different than we really are. We want people, and it's natural, we want people to like us, we want people to, to and, and we sometimes think of well, what do they need? What do they want me to be? And we become, and so we, we're busy cutting our stones. We're kind of making ourselves different. We're, we're presenting, we're, we're, we're polishing up, we're, we're, we're trying to make ourselves into a brick. So we can fit in with everybody. And so we got nice edges. We got three holes. We, we play this game, we play this game uh, in, in school, we play this game in our businesses, we play this game in church. I'm looking at you, you all look so good. You're projecting a good image. But behind, behind, here's what God is saying. Don't bring me your bricks. Don't project, the, I, he says, I already know what you are behind the brick. You're a stone. You are absolutely and completely unique. Here's what he's, he's just, invitation is, I want to meet with you. God would like to meet with you, and you, and you, 
and you tell your neighbor, and you, and you, God would like to meet with you, and he'd like to meet with the real you. When you have an altar, a meeting place, don't cut the stones, don't try to be a brick, be the real you. Because here's the great message. God loves you just like you are. And one of the greatest experiences in life is when we let people beyond the brick and they really get to see what we're like and they choose to love us anyway. And God gives us that guarantee at the beginning. I want to meet with you. I want to have an altar experience with you. And I want you to come just like you are. When you come to God just like you are, God meets you where you are. And when you come to God just like you are, you overcome what other people think about you. You overcome the expectation of others. One of the key reasons you're projecting a brick today is because you're afraid of what other people think about you. And when we come to that first Christmas story, Mary and Joseph had to deal with that issue. Remember the angel appeared to Mary and said, Mary, you're gonna have a son. You're gonna call his name Jesus. He's gonna be awesome. And Mary has this response, how can this happen? I am still, it's on the screen. It's, it's not a dirty word actually, it's a very clean word. I'm a virgin. Now we, we know that Jesus lived an incredibly miraculous life. We know he died a miraculous death. And we know he rose from the dead in a miraculous way. So it makes sense to us on this side of history to look back and say, well, of course he could have had a miraculous birth. Of course he could have been born of a virgin. But can you imagine the uncomfortable conversation that Mary had with her dad? Dad, I know Joe and I are not married yet but I'm pregnant, but it's okay, it was the Holy Spirit. I, I just, that was not a perfect situation. It was an imperfect, imagine explaining it to her friends, her girlfriends, Joseph's friends. And not just the circle of friends, which would have been hard enough to swallow it, but then the extended community who all had expectations and somehow this situation was imperfect. But God loves to take imperfect situations and move into them. And that's what he did. And Mary had to come to the same conclusion that I would call all of you to, and it's the conclusion that you cannot change and you cannot control what other people think about you, and you cannot change and you cannot control what other people say about you. So stop being a brick. Be a stone. Not be stoned, listen very carefully to the message. Be a stone. But be the unique stone that God created you to be. Because here's the essence of the song. That when you in reality come to God like you are, into the broken experience that other people may not get at all, you can raise a hallelujah. You can have an experience with God when other people don't even get it.
you can say hallelujah. And that's what Mary did. My friends may not get it. My dad may not get it. Joseph didn't even get it for a while till the angel appeared and said, Joe, it's the Holy Spirit. But you can't live by other people's expectations. You've got to choose to come to God like you are. When you come to God like you are, you have to understand this, that the road that you are on uh, from time to time will become broken and actually the whole message of Christmas is Jesus stepping into our brokenness to bring his blessing. Jesus stepping into our mess to bring his message. And the road that you are on, and some of you are on a road today that you didn't expect to be on a year ago. Some of you are on a road today that you didn't expect to be on a month ago. Some of you have somehow taken a detour. And the road you're on is broken. You know that great hymn of the church? God bless the broken road that led me straight to you. Some of you don't know that hymn. The road that Mary and Joseph were on that first Christmas was a broken road. It was a unique road. Your road is unique. Quit trying to be on somebody else's road. First of all, the road that they were on, the road to Bethlehem, do you know how they got on that road? A surprise government tax. Just, we all love that. And so to be taxed, you got to go to your hometown. So they had to go from up in the north, uh, Nazareth, where Joseph and Mary were from, down to Bethlehem, just outside of Jerusalem. It's a three-day journey. Unexpected. Three-day journey. When Mary is in her third trimester of pregnancy, not just her third trimester, she is a few days from giving birth. Now, is this a perfect situation? This is a stony, imperfect situation. How many of you have ever traveled with a pregnant woman? You have to stop every five minutes, I think. Now, Joseph is three days with this very pregnant It was not the road that they had planned out. You may be on a road that you didn't plan out. It's not easy traveling. In fact, in some cases, they won't even let you travel when you're at this stage. My, my wife, sweet Darla Joy, missed both of my brother's weddings because she was very pregnant and could not fly. So they said it's too dangerous for you. But somehow in the story of the first Christmas, this very pregnant woman, this imperfect situation, is bumping along for three days until they get to Bethlehem. It's not a brick situation. It's not perfect. It doesn't have everything right. It's an imperfect situation. And some of you are on a road, and you don't know how you got there. Some of you, there's been a twist, and you got put on a detour. One night I was traveling, middle of the night, because I'd been on, on television until 3 in the morning, and I was driving back to Sarasota, and I came down I-75, and this big sign said, I-75 closed. And it just dumped me off. This was before GPS. My phone wasn't smart. And I just had to, like, use the force. 
I didn't know where I was going. I, I, was, I was on a detour, and, and, it did, and it was confusing. And you may be here today on a detour. The road you're on may have taken a twist and a turn. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a relational issue. But here's the invitation. Whatever road you're on, with its brokenness, you can meet God on that road. Mary and Joseph were on a detour, but God was with them. And he says, don't wait for things to be perfect to meet me. Come as you are, and I will meet you on your broken road. And down below, you'll be able to raise a... Hallelujah. How about when they got to Bethlehem? It wasn't perfect either. They weren't allowed, they weren't allowed into the inn. Now, remember that um, Bethlehem was the hometown of Joseph. And in your hometown, especially in those days, you would have some relatives. So they, they get to Bethlehem. It's either too late at night or it's earlier in the day and Joseph goes to his relatives and they all tell him, hey, no room for you. There was no room for them in the inn. Get this. Mary and Joseph, that first Christmas, were not in the inn. They weren't in the inn. They weren't with the inn crowd. <laughs> Even their relatives may have rejected them. The homes in that day would be uh, an inner home where people ate and where they slept, and it would be where people lived, and an outer where the animals were, where the stable was. Oftentimes you would walk through the stable area to come into the inner, inner home, and that's where people lived. But when they got there, get this, Mary and Joseph were not in, they were out. And that's hard. It's hard when you'd like to be in. Hey, in your school that you went to, was there an in-group? Were there cool kids that, that you would have liked to have been in with? You know, they had academics, and, and they all looked beautiful. Fabio. Do you, do you, ever, go to a, do you ever play the, a sports where they picked the two best athletes to be captains, lined everybody up on the wall, and picked? Did everybody go through that horror? And you're just praying, oh God, oh God, oh God, may I not be the last one. Mary and Joseph knows what that feels. They were rejected. They, it was not a perfect situation. They weren't in the inn. They were on the outs. And maybe in your business, in your school, you're not really in the inn. And you've been drastically trying to project this brick. God says, put that brick down. You're a stone. Just be who you are. And I will meet you. God met Mary and Joseph not in the inn. He met them in the out. They were there and he met them. And even though you're not accepted into the inn, the inner group, the cool kids, be who you are. And God says, let me meet you where you are. And there you will be able to raise a... There was a hallelujah in the outer stable. And here's one of the reasons why you get on the outs. Because people on the outs are the best people to reach people who are on the outs. 
Get this. When the angel, remember the angel showed up when Jesus was born? And uh, the, no, the angel did or didn't appear to the mayor of Bethlehem? Answers didn't. I'm not trying to f- fool you. Didn't. Didn't. Because did, did, the angel didn't appear to, appear to the county commissioners or to the rich or to the elite. Who did the angels on that first Christmas appear to? And Mary and Joseph were exactly in the right place to reach the right people that God wanted them to meet. And it wasn't the mayor and it wasn't the county commissioners and it wasn't the rich and the powerful. The shepherds were so much on the outs that they didn't even live in the city. They were on the outs in the field watching over their flocks by night, sleeping outside like homeless people. And they were smelly, and they were dirty, and they were, uh, not, they were stone. No, not stone. They were, they were rocks. And God says, those are my kind of people. See, God has a hard time with brick people. The Pharisees projecting an image. What God really calls us to at Christmas and all time is just be yourself. I love you like you are. And he appears to these shepherds and he says, good news. Jesus is born in Bethlehem. And these rough characters say, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go see this Jesus. And they come to Mary and Joseph and Mary and Joseph are not in the inn, right? Which is good. Because if Mary and Joseph had been the last two people that they let into the inn and the shepherds showed up, would they let the shepherds in? No. They could meet the shepherds because they weren't in the inn. They were on the outs. And they meet these outsiders. And they are able to welcome them into a place where a hallelujah comes to these imperfect people. And Mary is incredibly gracious. Like, can you imagine moments after you gave birth, strange men coming into the maternity ward? Like men you don't know. And men, they smell. You can smell them. You can smell them before you see them. Or just imagine your maternity ward, you can hear moments after birth, the rumble of 40 motorcycles. Hell's angels have come to see your little baby. And they burst in and they're so enthused. This is the setting. It's not perfect, is it? It's imperfect. This is why Jesus came. Jesus came because of our imperfections. And he says, let's stop playing games. Let's just really be real. Let's all admit we are imperfect. But God loves us just the way we are. But please get this message. He loves you just the way you are. And he loves you enough not to leave you that way. Because everybody needs a savior for their soul. Everybody. So you're imperfect. And God says, I want to meet you just like you are. I want to meet you, in the, but I don't want to leave you that way. I would like to save your soul. Because there's something inside you. There's an attitude and there's actions that you have had and have taken. And those attitudes and actions separate you from God. The Bible calls those attitudes and actions sin. And everybody connected to the Christmas story, the shepherds, Mary, Joseph, the wise men that are all connected to the nativity, they all needed a savior. Even Holy Mary says, 
as she talks about Jesus. She says, my, my, my God and my Savior, my soul magnifies the Lord. She's just heard that Jesus is coming. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Because Mary knew in her soul she needed a Savior. She wasn't perfect, and she needed a Savior. Joseph, when he was told by the angels that you're going to have a son, he's going to be called Jesus, and he's going to save the people from their sins because, Joseph, you need a Savior. He said, all of God's people need a Savior. They're, they're imperfect, and there's a flaw in them, the attitudes and actions that don't please God and that separates us. And God says, I've come to heal that, that condition of the soul. So Mary needed a Savior, Joseph needed a Savior, and you and I need one too. Because the wages of this attitude and actions that separate us from God, what the Bible calls sin, it leads to death. It leads to emotional, spiritual death, eventually physical death. It's a separation from God. But God has come in this Christmas season to say, hey, I just want to meet you like you are. Quit trying to project an image you're not. Just come like you are and let me meet you. And when I meet you, I'm going to change you. I'm going to do something deep in your heart that brings you into a relationship with God. And what we would like is for every single person in this room to have a relationship with Jesus. To come like you are. Even in church, we can make projections. I had a guy after the first service say, I, I came as a brick today. I'm wearing a jacket. He said, I never wear a jacket to church, but I thought it would look good. I said, it's okay to wear a jacket. I'm not condemning you, but... Let me get to really know you. Let God really get to know you. Come as you are and receive him as Savior. And so we'd like you all to have a meeting with God today. Some of you for the first time. Some of you to renew a relationship with Jesus because your relationship with Jesus has got cold and hard. You're, you're on a detour that's actually taking you farther away from God. But this is your day Invite God onto your detour road to meet with you and to save your soul. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. God just calls out from Exodus all the way to today. Just come as you are. Don't try to, don't try to polish up. Don't try to knock the rough edges off. I'll work on you. I'll make you more than you could ever make yourself. But let's begin a relationship. Let me into your soul. And that happens when we believe in Jesus. We put our faith in Jesus and we trust Jesus that what he did on the cross was for me. He died for my sins, my shame. He took them away. He died for your sins, your shame, and he took them away. And when we believe that in our heart and we confess that to God in prayer, he does a miracle in our hearts. It's the greatest gift. It's called the gift of eternal life. And So I'd like you just to take a moment and, and close your eyes. I'd like to invite every person that's here uh, to pray a prayer out loud. It's going to be a prayer that believes in Jesus, asks for a relationship with Jesus. This could be the first time you've done this, or maybe your relationship with Jesus has grown cold, and this is a moment to renew your relationship with Jesus. But it happens when we pray a prayer that goes like this. And out loud we say to our Heavenly Father, out loud just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name because I need you in my life. I come just like I am.
I repent of my sins. I leave them behind. And I turn towards you, Lord, to receive your love, your grace, your forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow Jesus every day of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. That's a good prayer. Amen. Yes, it is. It's a good prayer. It's a good prayer. Now, today, if you are starting a relationship with God or renewing that relationship with God, just coming like you are, we'd like to send you a free ebook that will help you. And to receive that ebook, just uh, get your phone out and just text yes to 941 260 1321. Let's all do this. Let's all do this. Let's all get our phone out. This will help people. It'll, so that if people are doing it, they won't feel like. Just let us go ahead. Let's help us. And, and everybody can do something with your phone. Uh, if you're not texting yes, you could check in on Facebook. If you check in on Facebook to Church of Hope, a charity will give books to kids who are in, in need books, at-risk kids who need educational books. And, and your check-in will do that. You can just check in. Or if you don't want to do that, just send a text to somebody you know. Just start pushing. Send a check, text to someone. Send a text to a friend or or, or even to an enemy, and just text them, uh, Jesus loves you, Merry Christmas, I'm praying for you, or just send them one word. Let them wonder what you're up to. Just send them the word, hallelujah. Everyone just take a moment, especially those who are letting us know that you're making a, a commitment to Christ or a recommitment to Christ. The music team is going to come and sing a concluding song. I want to thank you. If you, I, I, Paul, did they tell you the camels aren't here? I'm so, I'm really, I'm sorry. We, they, an hour before they were to arrive, an hour before, they emailed us and said the camels are in Las Vegas. I secretly, I think, secretly, I think those camels are backslidden. They're at the roulette table. No, actually, actually, what I here's what I really think. I think that possibly Vegas pays more than churches. My thought. So I apologize about that. There are donkeys. There's a donkey outside. <laughs> There's ponies. There's, if you want to take your kids and see them. Hey, thank you for being. If you can come for Christmas Eve, it'll be a beautiful gathering as well, 4.30 or 6. We love you. We're praying for you. If you are a guest here, you've never stopped by our VIP room, do that today, please, before you go. It's back on the left side. we got some gifts we just want to give you. If you've got any questions, we want to answer them. I'm so thankful that you've been in church today. And uh, we want everyone to connect to Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus, and we wish all of you a very, very, very Merry Christmas. God bless you guys.